Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Sure appreciate that. That's a great hymn, isn't it? A great song. Well, good morning, church. Welcome to Open Bible Baptist Church. We're sure glad you're here this morning. And uh, happy Father's Day to all those who are fathers and I'm sure some grandfathers. You know what they say about being a grandparent, right? If we'd have known how good it was, we'd have had them first, right? And grandkids are wonderful. And I'm sure we might even have some great-grandfathers today. And all, great, all grandfathers are great. Isn't that right? Amen. So happy Father's Day to you. We appreciate you. And, uh, of course, we appreciate your influence upon your family and families in general. I'd like you to open your Bibles uh, and join me this morning in the book of Hebrews and chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. If you're a guest, we welcome you and trust that you enjoy the fellowship this morning here at Open Bible. And, uh, and uh, at the end of the service, we'll try to connect with you so that uh, we, we recognize that you were here. And uh, is that my cousin back there? Eddie, good to see you, Ed, Nicole, and uh, who else is there? Is that Bree? Good to see you, Bree. Praise the Lord. You know, when I, when I came up, to here, up, up here from Florida, uh, most people thought that I was born and raised in Florida. I wasn't. I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia born and raised in, in, in that area. And so New Jersey, I mean, I know New Jersey well. This is not a learning cur curve for me. And I remember speaking to bro Brother Bob Fenton, and uh, saying, you know, yeah, well, I got a cousin over there, and I got an aunt over there, and I got a brother-in-law over there, and a sister over there. And he was amazed at how many people that I knew in this area, you know. But when you're 50 years old, when, you know, when you lived here all your life, you know, you, you know people, right? And so, uh, and so we, got, we got family members scattered everywhere. And, uh, and, you know, years and years ago, my grandparents attended Open Bible uh, for a bit. They used to come to the senior citizen gatherings they had here on Thursdays or Fridays. And so, yeah, and so it's good to see my, my family here this morning. I was waiting for them to pop in just to make sure that I was here, you know. And so they're in, they're in town. It's good to see my cousin Ed and his wife Nicole and her daughter. Hey, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11 let me draw your attention to verse 7 this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. Notice the Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Now notice what he did. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. You say, you mean to tell me that he built that ark just to save his house? No, he built the ark for anyone who would come. Right? Just like today, Jesus is available for everybody, but not everybody comes. And the only people who did come in this situation was his family, was his house. Notice it says, as we continue, by the which he condemned the world 
and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, that, that's a powerful Bible verse. And if, you know, there are some Bible verses that we would consider standalone Bible verses. You know what that means? It means you don't need the context. You don't need the verses prior or the verses after to really understand that one Bible verse. And this is one of those standalone Bible verses. And if you were to do a study just on verse number seven, there is some powerful truth there, doctrinal truth. For example, look at verse number seven again. It talks about uh, by the which he condemned the world. Did, did, did you see that? I'll make reference to that in just a little bit, but that's speaking about the judgment of Almighty God upon the society uh, that was alive during that time. Are, are you aware of that? Huh? I mean to tell you, uh, during that period of time, and we'll read this just a, in a little bit, it, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty dark day. And as a result, the Bible teaches that God uh, is going to pour out its judgment upon civilization during that period of time, right? And so you see in that one Bible verse, the judgment of sin or the judgment of the world with the words, the condemning of the world. And then notice this. Notice it says, uh, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Not only is there judgment mentioned, but did you notice salvation is mentioned? Isn't that awesome? What a great God we have. What a balanced God we have. You know, God balances all of life, doesn't he? Right? I, I like to look at it this way. Uh, when you know the Lord, he balances our life with blessings and burdens. The blessings are to make us happy and the burdens are to keep us humble. Right? Uh, some would say, well, preacher, I, have, I, I, I just seem to have more burdens than I do blessings upon my life. If that's the case, I'll guarantee you this. It's simply because you're adding the burdens. It's something we're doing or not doing that's causing us not to enjoy that balance of blessing and burden. But here in this text of Scripture, you not only read about judgment, but you also read about salvation. Isn't that right? Huh? Are you with me? Go like this. Good. But what I want to focus on is the man in this. It's Father's Day. And so what I, want, I want to highlight this fellow Noah, and I want you to notice the first three words of verse number seven. It says, by faith, Noah. By faith, Noah. Now, there's a number of things that we can say about Noah. In fact, when you begin to hear the name Noah, I'll guarantee you this. You ask any young person uh, what the name Noah is associated with, and the very first thing they're going to tell you is the, the ark. The ark, right? But let me submit this to you. Let me submit this to you. In chapter number 11, verse number 7, Noah is not uh, listed there. His name is not recorded there because he was a great shipbuilder. Say amen right there. It says nothing about his capabilities there in building that ark, which was a huge, I mean, it was a huge monumental undertaking. Isn't that right? Have you been down to Kentucky? Have you seen the ark? Huh? I mean, to tell you, it's, just, it's amazing. And that is on scale as to what it's believed Noah's ark was like. But he's not listed here. And by the way, are you aware that Hebrews chapter number 7 is labeled as the hall of faith? 
It's the hall of faith. Everybody listed in Hebrews chapter number 7 is listed there because of an accomplishment of faith. Everything they did, they did by faith, which means this. Everything they did, they did because they trusted God's word. They just took God at his word and they obeyed uh, what he asked them or commanded them to do. And as a result, their, their faith, what they did, kind of stood head and shoulders above so many others. And they're listed in the Hall of Faith. You've heard of the Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame? Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, church Hall of Fame? Most of the time at church, we have the Wall of Shame not the hall of fame but this is the hall of faith and and i want you to note this noah's name is recorded in the hall of faith not because he was a great shipbuilder but because he had faith in almighty god and that stands out to me doesn't it huh and I want you to notice this. I want you to notice uh, in this text of Scripture the reason that I say uh, he was, he was uh, just head and shoulders above the rest is not only because of what he did, but because of the influence he had. Now pay attention right here. I believe this. Long before Noah became a famous shipbuilder, he was a successful father. Yeah. You say, preacher, why do you say that? I say that because the Bible teaches that his family followed him. You know, when your family follows your faith, it speaks volumes about your faith. Isn't that right? Huh? I mean to tell you, the Bible teaches us here, and we're going to go to the book of Genesis in just a little bit. In fact, if you need time to get there, it's the first book in the Bible. Book of Genesis. And we're going to look at Noah just for, for a moment or two. But I want to submit to you this morning that what made Noah the man that he was, was his faith in God. And his faith in God was so genuine and so real that his family followed his faith. And being Father's Day, I thought maybe this morning we can highlight that. You know, the Bible's filled with passages of Scripture that speak to us about men fathers and the example that a father should set you know and uh, and many times when you when you read through uh these passages of scripture it begins to talk about the daunting task of a father now think about it think about it today in the world in which we live like the day in which noah lived a father was to be a provider he was to be a protector and that right he was to he was to set an example and now, as our children get a little bit older, and you know, they do, and it happens so quickly, doesn't it? I mean, to tell you, just like that, they're grown, and, and now they're starting life and having children of their own, and that's when, pay attention right here, that's when hopefully we become friends. Isn't it hard to be a friend of a teenager, mom, dad? I mean, you want to be, but honestly, they won't let you be. Because a lot of times teenagers think that, and you're young, some, if you're raising teenagers, you're probably a younger parent, but sometimes teenagers think that we are so out of touch with reality. Isn't that right? I mean, to tell you, isn't it amazing how just in a few years, mom and dad, how we go from being the dumbest people on earth to being the smartest people on earth? Because your child goes from being 15 to 24, and all of a sudden now they're coming to you for counsel and help and 
And you like to say to them, but I thought I was a moron. <laughs> but now I've become a genius, you know? And so that's just the way it is. Uh, but the task is daunting, isn't it? And, and then you, uh, you, you, you think about this. You think about the day and age in which we're living. And there is nothing in society that is making it, e- making it easier for us as parents. Isn't that right? I mean, with the invention of the cell phone. You know, I, I, I'm at the age where I remember my children growing up. My oldest child, uh, Nicole, uh, we, when she was a teenager, she didn't have a cell phone. There were no cell phones. You know what they used to do back? They used to pass notes. And so if a boy liked a girl or a girl liked a boy, you know what they would do back then, Bob? They'd pass a note. You know, you slip a little note. And, and because, you know, if, you were, if you, had, you, know, you lacked a little bit of courage, you'd give a note to a friend, and the friend would pass the note to the person that you liked. Not today. Boy, today, they not only have cell phones, but they have tablets. They have means of social media. And, I mean, you name it, and it's, it's just it's there, right? Uh, I mean, before you even think it, it's already sent. Life is lived, look here, in vivid colors today. Correct? I mean to tell you, every time I go to the refrigerator, I need to text somebody and tell them, I just had a cookie. (laughs) Just ate a bowl of ice cream. Right? Oh, no. I stubbed my toe. It's got to go on Facebook. Everybody's got to know it. Correct? Huh? And then in there times when we put, I mean, just the most embarrassing things... And I say sometimes to my spouse, my dear wife, I'll say, why in the world would anybody put that on Facebook? You know, didn't go to church today. I went to Disney World. And you think everybody at church is saying, boy, I wish I was there. Now, everybody at church is saying, you ought to be here. Huh? Yeah, that was good preaching right there. You know it was. It just takes a little courage to say it, but it's been said. Amen? You say, why'd you bring up Disney World? That's where I lived. Not in Disney World, but in Florida. <laughs> you know? And so, when you look at being a parent today, it's no easy task. And I, I look at the life of Noah, and I think this. Some would say, well, preacher, man, when he lived, there were no cell phones. There wasn't Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter. There wasn't any of this kind of... But you know what? Life was difficult for Noah, just like life is difficult for us. And what you you find out is this uh, about Noah. You find that he was a man that worked tirelessly for for over 120 years. He was a man who earned the admiration of his family. They believed in him when others would not. And at the end of his life, he's enlisted into the hall of faith. Isn't Isn't that amazing? So what was it that causes this Noah to stand out? I want to just draw three things from this text of Scripture, and I want you to have your fingers, uh, go ahead and get to Genesis chapter 5. I'll give you a heads up. But I want you to notice a couple of things about Noah that are standouts. And I want to encourage the fathers today, but not just the fathers today. I want to encourage the mothers today, and not just the mothers today, I want to encourage the single folk today, and not just the older single folk today. I want to encourage teenagers and young people and every person who is under the hearing of my voice this morning. I want to encourage you today to heed God's Word, because when you do, life always goes better. 
good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. That's the philosophy. That's the attitude we ought to live by. Amen? Look at this text of Scripture. Let me point out, first of all, Noah's relationship with God. His relationship with God. Genesis chapter number, are you there? Genesis chapter number 5 begins to tell us a little bit about this guy Noah. I want you to note that he was the son of a man named Lamech. And and the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number 5, his father called him Noah. And here's the reason. Look at chapter 5, verse 29. This is prophetic. He called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands. Because the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And so his father is projecting. His father's kind of prophesying about his son. And he says this, I've called him Noah because he shall comfort us concerning our work. Now, you know what he's referring to there? Do you remember back when God created Adam and Eve and they lived in perfect harmony with God? Do you remember that? Did you read the story? Just a couple of pages prior. And, and I mean to tell you, they were just, man, just living life large, having a great time, when all of a sudden, for some reason, for some reason, they did something they should have never done. They, they sinned. And as a result of sin, there was consequence. Do you remember that? And you remember that God said to the man, because of your sin, by the sweat of your brow? I mean, the ground now is going to begin to uh, produce thorns and thistles, and you're going to have to maintain it. And and so Lamech begins to think back about the curse that God placed upon the ground. God never cursed man. God cursed the ground. That's important. Uh, and, And he says this, my son Noah, look at it again, this same shall comfort us concerning our what? Our work. Our work. In other words, what he's predicting is that some way, somehow, and for Lamech, this was just, he couldn't wrap his head around it, couldn't wrap his brain around it. But he's saying that my son is going, God's going to use my son to eliminate the effects of that sin. Huh? And here comes Noah. He's born, and the Bible tells us that he, at the age, look at, look at it, ver, ver, verse 32, at the age of 500, his wife was 17, but at the age of 500, <laughs> he, has three, he has three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now get that. So he's a father. He's 500 years old. You know, he's a father. And as time goes on in chapter number six, because, you know, the earth is replenishing or it's, it's kind of multiplying and people are, you know, being born. And I mean to tell you, society is just growing. And it begins to say this in verse number, uh, go with me in verse five. I'm in Genesis six and verse five. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination and thought, uh, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Look what the next few words says. Look what it says. It repented God. In other words, in other words, here's, here's what it says. God looked out at what he created. He looked out at society. He looked out at man, and he said, man alive, what have we created? 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just sorry I even created man. Did you see it? Look at verse 5. It said this, uh, I'm in Genesis chapter number 6, God saw the wickedness, and then in verse 6, it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. If God could have changed his mind and did a redo, he would have did a redo. Read on. It says in verse 7, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I've made them but. Verse 8 says, but. I like some buts are good. Not all buts are good, but some buts are good. Uh, And it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God looks out upon society, he sees the, the whole of society is just, you know, prone to wander. I mean, to tell you, the only thing they were thinking about continually was evil. But Noah finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. See that word grace in that verse? If you do a study, Joe, if you do a study on the word grace, it leads us to a word named favor. Uh, and Noah finds favor in God's eyes. And I like to believe this, and I don't believe I'm stretching the truth, but that speaks to us about a relationship that God had, uh, that Noah had uh, with the Lord. And, and I think this, I think his relationship with the Lord is, is just evident. Look in chapter 7, verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thine house into the ark, for I have, look here, for thee uh, have I seen righteous before me in this generation. In other words, I said all that to say this, Noah found favor in God's eyes because Noah had a genuine relationship with Almighty God. What causes him to be a standout? What causes him to have his name recorded in the book of Hebrews, which is the hall of faith? What is it? Preacher, what is it? I'll tell you what it is. He had a genuine relationship with Almighty God. And that's where it all begins. That's where it all begins. Every relationship, good, healthy, proper relationship, is a result of our relationship with him with him. Now, we don't get, we don't see all the details here, right? I, I, I can't, Ty, I can't take you back and show you the date, the time when Noah got saved. I can't take you to Genesis chapter 4 where Noah attended a revival service. And during the revival service, the preacher was preaching about heaven and hell, and Noah, you know, just got under conviction and left his pew, came forward, and, a, and an altar worker led him to Christ. I can't show you that. I can't show you that. By the way, it's really not important for you, for you and I to have that time or that date. All that really matters is that what you have is genuine. Genuine. Has there been that time in your life where you've, where you've accepted? Look here, it's not your daddy or your mommy. It's not your family pedigree. No, that's not what's going to get you into heaven, my friend. What you need is a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ on your own. It's got to be yours. And here with Noah, of course, the Bible teaches he finds favor with God because he he was found righteous. He did that which was right. Amen? 
and all other relationships mm, flow, spring out of that relationship that we have with God. Look here, Mom, Dad, Father's Day. I'll tell you what our children need more mm, than anything else. And I know, I know we think, I know we think that what they need is for you and I to supply their every need and even every whim. But what they need more than anything is a father who has a genuine faith in Almighty God. And it's more than you and I speaking it, it's you and I living it as an example to where they see us living for God. They see us putting God first in our lives. They see us being absorbed by God. Are you with me? And so I see his relationship. And and by the way, that's, uh, that's the beginning point. But as we read on, let me point this out. Let me point out his stand against opposition. His stand against opposition. Uh, I won't get into any detail here, but isn't it really descriptive? Chapter 6, verse 5, look at it again. It says, God saw that the wickedness of man was what? Great. And that every imagination, I mean, they were just, their mind was just consumed with what? Look at verse verse 5 again. Evil continually. That's pretty clear, isn't it? pretty graphic, right? You know, uh, think about this. Uh, pick up a new, well, we don't pick up newspapers anymore, do we? Not unless you're an old person uh, like me. Uh, but now we, we read our news on the tablet or, and most of the time, I'll be honest with you, uh, after the election, I, di- I, I just unplugged. I unplugged from all of it. Prior to that, I was an absolute news junkie. Had it on every radio, all my tablets, every computer screen, went home. First thing I did was put on, you know, Fox News or uh, Newsmax, whatever, you know. But I've unplugged. And I'll be honest with you, John, I'm a lot happier. Huh? My head doesn't twitch as much, you know, because it's all the same thing. No matter what channel, it's all the same thing. It just doesn't change, Right? Uh, but if you were to watch or listen to the news, all you're hearing anymore these days is reports of evil, evil, of people who are anti-something, right? They're anti-everything. I mean, they're against everything, you know? Dairy Queen just, you know, reduced the, the level of, of cream they put in their ice cream, you know? Uh, I mean, to tell you, it's just a crazy world in which we live. Everything is reported, and it's, it just seems like we're ready to argue. Don and I were, were driving down the road the other day, and I mean to tell you, we weren't getting anywhere in a hurry. We were coming to, we were, I, was, I was already stopped at the traffic light. A car behind me needed to make a right-hand turn, and so the car behind me kind of pulled out in the lane, and there was a young girl, maybe 20 or 25, coming up, and she wasn't going anywhere, Steve. I mean, she had to stop at the same light I was stopped at, but the guy behind me pulled out, and he didn't pull out great, put his church in, he pulled out. Man, she got behind him and lit him up. She saluted him with the hand. You know what I mean by that, right? She flipped him the bird. Can I tell you what to do when somebody flips you the bird? Give them the whole flock. Just give them the whole flock. You know? Just smile. 
But I said to my wife, man, isn't it amazing how angry people are today? Here's a young girl, I mean to tell you, I had a nice car. It was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. Why would, how could you be so angry so early in the morning? Huh? And I just watched her. I mean to tell you, smoke was coming out of her ears. And all the poor guy tried to do was just pull out because he's going to make a turn. It didn't slow her down at all. We were at a red light. But that's the world we're living in. That's the world Noah lived in. I mean, to tell you, it was a difficult time. But you know what he does? Here's what Noah does. He, he just takes a stand. He takes a stand. And, and you know, God calls him to do something monumental. Right? Now, building mm, the boat. It wasn't a boat, was it? It was a ship. Building that ship was monumental. Huh? I mean, it, it, even if you've never seen a picture of it, you know, you've heard how big it, I mean, just look at the dimensions in the Bible, you know? My son-in-law and daughter were just down at the ark, and my granddaughters, and they took a picture, you know, or somebody took a picture of them standing in front of the ark. Man, it's, uh, it's just, it's huge. I mean, it makes this auditorium look small, you know? And so, monumental task, but even bigger than building the ship was the reason why. The reason why. And by the way, you know that, Steve, you know that, that Noah didn't have a warehouse, right? So this wasn't built in some shipyard. This was built in his backyard. Huh? <laughs> and the Bible says as, as, he's, as he's building it, you know what he's doing? He's preaching. Not only verbally, but what he was doing was preaching a message, you know? And the people were just kind of, you know, they were mocking and they were ridiculing for several reasons. First of all, what in the world are you doing out in your yard morning, noon, and night, making all that racket, and now that it's starting to take shape and we're finding out what it is, what's it for? Is it a cruise liner for animals? I mean, what's it for? You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there had never been a flood before. You know why? There had never been rain before. And so as he's out there preaching God's going to judge the world by a flood, the, the mocking, the ridicule, it's kind of like when you and I go out and say, hey, you better get saved because Jesus Christ is coming again. Coming again? What do you mean coming again? They never seen him come the first time. Huh? So you know what he's doing during all of this? He's taking a stand. And when you stand for the Lord, now pay attention right here, when you stand for the Lord inadvertently, you stand against other things, other people. You're standing against opposition. And I'm a, I, I, I think maybe when I get to heaven sometime after I get there, I just want to go and, and, and just give a word of encouragement, a word of thanks to Noah for taking such a stand. You know why I'd say that? Because it's not easy. Huh? And I want to I say something. I, I want you to get this. You don't need to be a radical to take a stand. Huh? In fact, listen to this, gentleness can be persuasive. You know what we do sometimes because it's not easy to take a stand? You know what we do? We feel like we have to be so, we just have to be defensive. 
and abrasive. You know? Why? Because I'm, I'm nervous. And so the only way I can take a stand is if, is, is if I'm loud, you know, and bold. But look at the screen. You're never persuasive when you're abrasive. You ought to tuck that away. You don't have to be abrasive to be persuasive. In fact, the people that have persuaded me the most have not been those who have gotten in my face. Oh, you, you didn't hear that. You didn't like that, did you? The people who have helped me the most wasn't the preacher who stood in my face and said, man, I'm going to tell you something right now. That's not going to work. That's not going to do. You better get your heart right with God. But, but, that never helped me. It was the individual who just pulled up alongside of me and lovingly. Did you ever, did you ever hear that saying? People, can care, people don't really care how much you know until people know how much you care. care. Right? And it was those individuals that pull up alongside of you and without being abrasive. Look here, you don't need to point out all my flaws. To, 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 I know that I'm a sinner. Every once in a while, I feel compelled to say, hey, uh, church members, look here. If you come to Open Bible Baptist Church looking for fault, look no further than the man standing behind the pulpit. I got enough faults for everybody. In fact, because, because I, 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 I don't want to feel, I just point them out myself. Huh? Yeah, I just point them out for you, so that way you're not surprised. You know, you see me driving down the road, and I'm shaking my fist at somebody, so that's just a preacher. We already knew that. <laughs> we already knew he's got no patience behind the wheel. Because sometimes I think, we think, because we're saved, we've become perfect. No, there's no perfection here. There's maturity. We ought to be making progress. But look here, I'm a work in progress. I'm not a finished product. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Man, it took him just a week to make the moon, the stars, heaven, the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on you. Me. Still working on me. That's the song. Huh? And sometimes we forget that. And it's not easy sometimes to take a stand. But, but look here, Noah, there's no evidence here that Noah had a bullhorn. No, he just every day did what God called him to do. And sometimes taking a stand and standing against opposition is just every day doing what God has called us to do. I can't believe this, Ed, but I've been saved now a long time. 40 years, over 40 years, I've been saved. And John, I tell you what, man, in, uh, 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 during this time, I've really developed uh, some, some beliefs, you know? Uh, there was things that I was raised with that I didn't know why I believed it, but now because I know the Bible, I know why I believe it. And I'm strong. I got some really strong beliefs about some things. I've never one time in 41 years, been saved 41 years, never one time, time, never one time have I ever made, what are those things you walk with? Who? No, with a sign on it that says I'm against. A picket sign. I've picked my nose, but I've never made a picket sign in all these years. Never one time, Ty, never one time have I ever made a picket sign and walked down Main Street, USA saying, I'm against this. 
I never have. You know why? That does very little. That does very little. I'm against a lot of stuff. I'm for a lot of stuff. But you know what I do, Steve? I just live every day. I try to live every day. I try to do the best every day to live what I believe and influence whoever I can along the way. Huh? Pastor, what do you believe about this? Here's what I believe about it. Here's what I believe about it. I'm not saying you got to believe this, but this is what I believe. You know, and there's sometimes where I can't say to you, I can't give you Bible and verse. It's just something that is in me. Huh? Right? For example, I like blue more than red. And if the Lord tarries and I'm the pastor here long enough, this place is going to become blue. And that's got nothing to do with my politics. Amen? Huh? But I can't give you, I can't, well, I probably could give you a Bible verse where God's color is blue. Just look up. The sky's not red. <laughs> you okay? All right, just checking on. Look here, gentlemen, sooner or later, we got to stand up for what we believe. And, and you don't have to be abrasive to be persuasive. Just believe what you believe. That's what Noah did. Huh? And so when you, when you look at his life, you, you look at his relationship with God, and, and then you look, at, you look at his stand against opposition. But can I give you one final thing? Go back to that Hebrews text and look at these words with me. Hebrews chapter number 11. And I want you to pick up one final thing with me. Look at Hebrews 11, verse number 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things, look what it says, not yet, not seen as yet. You know what that speaks to me of? It speaks to me about his vision of the future. Noah's vision of the future. He is moved, or being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Isn't that awesome? You know, I said this a moment ago, Noah never seen it rain. He never seen a flood. But he believed in God. Huh? I mentioned, I mentioned a little bit ago, I've been saved for 41 years. Give me somebody who's been saved for longer than that. Who's been saved 50 years? 50 years? 55 years? Yeah, that's a good long time. Let me ask you a question, bro. What's your name? Bruce. In the last, let's say you're saved 50 years, have you ever seen a rapture? Do you believe in one? you believe in the rapture? Have you ever seen one? How many, anybody here seen a rapture? And if you have, please be careful. <laughs> please don't raise your hand because you're going to re- really mess me up. Huh? I've been saved 41 years. I've never seen a rapture. Huh? Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, I know we got some older folks. We got the Vanamans here, and, and they're, they're, they're senior citizens here in our church. They've been around for a while. Uh, Brother, Brother Elwood, have you ever seen a second coming? I've been preaching about the rapture and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for a long time. I've been preaching for 38 years. I've never seen the rapture, and I've never seen the second coming. But, Roger, I believe with all my heart, with everything that I have in me, there's going to be a rapture. And the second coming. 
I would love to say, I would love to say, man alive, I'm telling you what, we're going to get raptured. I can't say that because many before me who believe what we believe thought they were going to get raptured, and they didn't. You know, they died. And they're in heaven. They didn't get raptured. But whether or not I go up in the rapture, and I really want to. I really do. It's got to be an unbelievable experience, right? You know, I'm not for roller coasters, but that is one that I want to be on. You know? Uh, but even though I've never seen a rapture and may not go up in the rapture, I believe with all my heart there's going to be one. You know why I believe that? Because the Bible teaches it. I believe in the second coming, and I believe I'm coming back with them. If we get raptured or not, we're cut. the church is coming back with Jesus, riding on a white horse. I am not a great horse rider. I love horses, but I'm coming back riding with him. And so are you. Huh? Now, I don't ride horses every day. Last time I rode a horse, I was probably a teenager. I like horses, love horses. I've never seen a second coming, but I believe with all my heart there's going to be one. You know why? Noah had never seen rain. He had no idea what a flood was. At that period of time, the earth was watered by a mist that would come up, kind of like dew in the morning. But you know what he did? For 120 years, by faith, by faith, he did what God wanted him to do, went out and built that boat. Huh? See, look here. Seeing is not believing. Believing is believing. And you and I are walking by faith. We have a vision of the future. And this is all going to end. This world is not my home. We're just passing through. Aren't you glad? Look here. If this is as good as it gets, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I have some good days. I mean to tell you, I've been on the Gulf of Mexico catching some big fish in the sun, water deep blue, thinking to myself, man alive, all this in heaven too? But if that's as good as it gets, but the Bible teaches it gets a lot better. Chuck, it gets a lot better. Amen. And we're believing, we got a vision for the, for the future, but it's all by faith. It's all by faith. So let me close by sharing what faith involves. You ready? And I'm finished. Stay with me, guys. You ready? Faith involves, go ahead. Faith involves the heart. Noah believed God. Are you with me? It's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. Right? You got, I mean, I mean to tell you, it's just got to be, and, and we're not talking about, we're not talking about the, the organ that pumps the blood. We're talking about the central being of your life, your heart, the core of your life. Deep down inside, you trust God, you believe God. Deep down, you can't shake me on that. Noah, his faith involved the heart, but also involved the head. Because the Bible says Noah moved with fear. Now, uh, if we had time, Joe, go do a little study in that word fear in that, in that verse. It's not being afraid. It didn't say God, it didn't say Noah went out and built that boat because he was afraid. No, he was moved with fear. He respected, he reverenced God. He trusted God. 
didn't want to disappoint God. Huh? You know the difference? You, you got a minute? Can I share the difference? Are you tired? You want to leave? What do you want to do? You good? All right. So here's Carrie Austin right here, dear, dear woman, member of our church. Got two teenagers sitting right here. Ty and Addie. How old are you, Ty? 17? 15. Great kids. Can I tell you the difference between being afraid and fearing? So, do you fear God? You love your parents? And you fear your parents. Ty, are you afraid of your dad? You fear your dad. You know the difference? Here's the difference. So, uh, how old are you? 17. I'm 17. We're good friends. And so, I say to Ty, hey, Ty, Friday night, uh, the guys are going to get together, and we're going down to uh, the movie theater, and there's a movie playing that, man, I'll tell you what, you're going to like it. Ty says, well, what's the name of the movie? And the fellow says, whatever. And so Ty says, uh, I don't think I can go. And so, you know what I say to him? Come on, man, what's, what? Eh, I don't think I can go. Why not? I just don't think I can go. Why, are you afraid? Are you afraid that your father's going to find out and you're going to get in trouble? Are you afraid of your dad? And so you know what Ty says? No, not really. I'm not afraid what God, what my dad will do to me if I go. I'm afraid of what I'll do to my dad if I go. Did you see the difference? Ty doesn't go, not because he's afraid his dad's going to clobber him, although he probably will. Ty says, I don't want to go because I don't want to disappoint my dad. Steve, there's a lot of things that I don't do as a Christian. Not because I'm afraid God's going to, you know, pull up his blessing, hit me in the head with a club. I don't want to disappoint him. That's fear. Did you see the difference? I would rather my kids fear me than be afraid of me because you can't get close to somebody you're afraid of. God doesn't want you to be afraid of them. Well, if I do that, God, he's going to clobber me. He's not going to bless me. And, you know, he's going to, I'll lose my job. That's not the reason why we serve God and love God. No, I don't want to do anything to disappoint him. Are you with me? Noah, heart, he believes God. With the hand or with the head, he's moved with fear. And then finally, the hand. You know what he does? He builds the ark. Where did it start? It started in his heart when he took God at his word by faith. By faith. Are you with me? Do you know what that's a picture of? Now stay with me. Stay with me. When, when Paul speaks to the church in Thessalonica, he says, he says in chapter number two, he says, I pray God sanctify you wholly, your whole spirit, soul, and body. And you know what that is? That's the tripartite being. So when God created us, John, he created us as a a trinity. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. You know what the spirit is? The spirit is the way we communicate with God. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And the body is uh, what you see. Would you flip that, please? The heart, Noah believed God. That's spirit. That's spirit. The head, Noah moved with fear. That's the soul. And with a hand, Noah built an ark. That's the body. See how that works out? And so God doesn't just want you and I. Partly, he wants us holy. He wants your whole spirit, 
soul, and body. And guaranteed, if you give him your all, you'll not be disappointed. Amen? Dads, let's, let's set the example with our relationship. Let's take a stand just by believing what we ought to believe and living it. And then, by God's grace, let's teach our children that vision for the future, that Jesus is coming again one day, maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, surely soon. And when he does, if we're still here, we're going up. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's be the fathers, mothers, men, women, teenagers, boys, girls that God would have us to be. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for testimonies like we've just read. Testimony of a man named Noah. Finds himself at the end of life being recorded in the hall of faith. We read about him now thousands of years later, and we admire his relationship, his stand, and his vision. And I would pray as time tarries and as you tarry, that if, uh, Lord, we grow old, that we too would have a testimony of being an individual who had a relationship with God, who stood for the right things and had a vision of the future. Bless our dads today, encourage their hearts today, and help us to stand up and be what we ought to be in this dark time in which we live. We pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.